your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, August 30th, 2021. Your boy Q here, and I know the show's getting out a little bit later than normal, so I do apologize depending on what time you're listening to this. Maybe it's not getting out later. Maybe you're uh, you're listening to it at your normal time, but I just literally touched down back in Vegas, got right to the lab, got right into the studio to, to knock out the show and give you my thoughts on the final preseason game of the year for the Raiders. Thank goodness the preseason is over. Over. Now there's a couple weeks to wait till September 13th, the home opener, season opener against the Baltimore Ravens at Allegiant Stadium. That's going to be a lot of fun. But let's go ahead and get into today's show. I do want to shout out to the fans that I ran into at the game on Sunday at Levi Stadium there in Santa Clara that are uh, faithful listeners to the podcast. I had a had a dude from the 408 that stopped me and said, hey, Q, I listen to your show all the time. Had a couple dudes from Santa Cruz that I actually got to take a picture with. And uh, even Lucille, shout out to Lucille and her big old afro that she had out there uh, rocking the fro. Uh, she she was out there and she's got some big things coming up, man. I'm pretty excited about, but I'm um, not going to say anything about that until uh, everything is kind of set in stone and she makes her own announcements, but she got some good things on the way. I could tell you that off top. So a uh, shout out to everyone that I ran into at the game, uh, who, like I said, is a faithful listener of the locked on Raiders podcast. Appreciate everyone who's reached out coming up on today's show. Segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that locked on Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a lot of feedback on the game that I want to get to. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about three guys, three players that stood out to me. Now, the Raiders got the brakes beat off them, 34-10, to 10, but there was three players that stood out to me that I thought really did a good job, and I think that the Raiders are going to be uh, very pleased with these three guys moving forward. And uh, so I'm going to talk about those guys. Now, there was a lot of things not to like about the game, but there's three guys that really stood out to me in, in a major way, and I'll talk about that in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I like to call it the news and notes, just kind of recapping the 34-10 loss to the 49ers and off top, I'll just talk about the fact that the Raiders didn't bring anybody with them. 30 guys, 30 players they left back in Vegas. I know a couple guys were kind of having vacation family time. Uh, but, yeah, there was 30 players that didn't even make the trip to Santa Clara. So I tweeted out a picture, and I said, Raiders brought nobody to Santa Clara. Sideline is empty. And apparently people thought I was talking about the fans. Like the fans didn't show up to, to root on the Raiders, and that's not the case. There was plenty of Raider Nation there. And the thing about it is – I felt bad for him because people bought tickets, people tailgated, people, you know, waited in line to get into the parking lot and the parking lot was a disaster. But I mean, there was a lot of things that, you know, the fan base did. Raider Nation showed up in a major way. I was talking about the players on the sideline. There was only the picture I took and tweeted it out. I mean, there literally looked like there might have been. 50 guys out there, max. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was like, I looked at the 49ers sideline. I looked at the at the Raiders sideline, and it was just empty. I don't even think there was 53 guys on the sideline. I don't even feel like that. It, it looked like it was a lot less. But either way, that's what I was talking about uh, in that tweet that I know many of you saw. Also, a real quick observation. Uh, the Raiders didn't do very well, and I know second, third, fourth string guys, I get it, but they didn't do very well against the mobile quarterback, the zone read stuff. They did not do that very well. And the reason I pointed that 
that out on Twitter and had a lot of folks hitting me. Yeah, but Q, it's only the second string guys, third string guys. It's not it's not the starter, so it's not a big deal. Look, it's two weeks in a row that quarterbacks that are mobile and could use their legs have given the, the Raiders some fits. And look, September 13th, Lamar Jackson's coming to town. Lamar Jackson was a former league MVP. He's better than both of the guys that they saw the last couple of weeks uh, in Perkins with the Rams and Trey Lance uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. And, and again, I know it wasn't starters, so I'm not trying to uh, you know overreact and I'm not trying to say the sky is falling, not doing any of that. I'm just letting it be known. And as we know how it goes, when one player goes down, what happens? Another guy comes up. So if uh, one of those guys that might have been out there on Sunday doesn't know how to defend the, the zone read, like a Divine Diablo, for example. He got beat a few times on the zone read. That is a problem. So that's why I pointed it out. And it's funny. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Q, you're panicking. No, I'm not. I'm just pointing out the last two weeks, mobile quarterbacks have been an issue. And there's a really good mobile quarterback coming to town on September 13th to start the season. Just pointing that out because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to point out the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that was a pretty big observation to me. Also, Offensive line. Well, I mean, I've been talking about depth in in general on the show. Been really talking about that. That's something that's one of my big, uh, you know, keys to the season for the Raiders is how does their depth hold up? I'll tell you right now, they don't have any depth on the offensive line. You know, we all know that the offensive line, the starters have been newly constructed. If any of those guys go down, man, especially at the tackle position, the Raiders are in trouble. They are in trouble. That offensive line outside of the starters, you know, the backups aren't very good. They really are not. And it just, it was shown in a major way on Sunday as well uh, that the the depth just is not there. And again, the season's going to go as far as the depth of the team will take them. So really, for a preseason game that meant nothing, didn't have any starters in it at all, and I know there were some folks that were upset about that. We'll have some calls and texts about that as well. How come Gruden didn't do any starters? How come he didn't play any of the guys they need to be out there? Uh, Talked about it last week as well. It's kind of that damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, He just didn't want to risk injury. I mean, it was just bottom line. He didn't want to risk injury. I know other teams did. I know the Chiefs rolled out Patrick Mahomes. I know Tom Brady played. Of course, Jimmy G and and, uh, Trey Lance were playing. San Francisco had their starters in there for a while I get it Uh, and so it's one of those decisions you either roll with it and and live with your decision and hope for the best you know and the Raiders decided to err on the side of caution and they felt like that that was the best decision for them so I mean it just it is what it is I I know everyone doesn't like it but it was what Gruden decided to do because he had to get to the season as healthy as possible and again it goes back to the depth because the depth on the team is just not there so I wanted you to hear a little bit of post-game audio. Uh, John Gruden met with the media. Amik Robertson met with the media. Dylan Stoner met with the media. And Gerald McCoy met with the media. So I'm going to have a couple little sound bites from Gruden, Amik Robertson, and Gerald McCoy. So uh, off top, here's John Gruden's opening statement. Okay, just like to say, uh, really proud of our football team, uh, players and coaches, uh, for the effort they provided. And um, 49ers, um, tough opponent for us today. We gave a lot of guys a lot of opportunities, and it'll be a great tape for us to evaluate. Um, painful to lose, especially the way we did, but um, we're anxious to make sure we keep the right 53 guys. I'll answer any questions that I can. So that was head coach John Gruden, his opening statement to the postgame media session that he had. And, of course, one of the biggest questions that uh, people had were uh, about the decision to leave guys at home. You know, that was one of the, the questions. Hey, uh, you left about 30 players back in Vegas. Uh, what, what went into that thinking? Well, obviously, we have a lot of injuries at linebacker. We lost another one early in the first series. And, um, and we want to make sure we evaluate our team. And uh, 
that's what we've done. We've pretty much done the same thing for three straight years. So this is the four straight years. This should be no surprise. Um, we know where Jacobs is. We know who our starting five linemen are. Who's the sixth man? Who's the seventh man? Who's the eighth man? We may not have that. We'll find out. But um, evaluation is critical. The only way you can evaluate guys is in live situations. And uh, we needed this three preseason games to see where our second-year players are, where some of our new players are, and where our rookies are. So there was John Gruden talking about, you know, the decision to evaluate players that they didn't know a whole lot about instead of a guy like Josh Jacobs, a guy like Derek Carr, Darren Waller. I mean, you already know who they are. You know what they bring to the table. So a guy like Nate Peterman played three games. He played three full preseason games outside of one snap. That is unheard of. Never seen that ever before, but that's what John Gruden and the, and the coaching staff decided to do. So he was asked again, uh, basically, about the decision to, to not play starters, and he kind of expanded on it a little bit more. Well, you know, other teams did the same thing. You know, I mean, I think we could all have a uh, – I think you're damned if you do and damned if you don't in a lot of ways. You know, you, you lose two or three of your starters in this game, you know, the questions will be different. But um, we like what we've done with their offseason program and our training camp. And um, we took the approach to evaluate the guys we didn't know much about. And um, a lot of these guys had college seasons that were interrupted last year. Uh, the, the evaluation was incomplete. You don't tackle in pads. You don't do a lot in pads like you used to. So this was the most uh, important call for us. So we try to make the right decisions when we cut down the, the roster on Tuesday. And that's a big decision right there. they got to cut the roster down from 80 to 53. Of course, they have the expanded practice squad, so some of those guys will be able to uh, re be retained on the practice squad. You can protect some guys like they did last year as well. Uh, but still, it's going to be some tough decisions on who's not going to be there uh, moving forward with the team. You know, So that's going to be uh, Tuesday at 1 o'clock. They have to have that roster trimmed all the way down to, to 53 men. And then, of course, like I mentioned, uh, they can put their practice squad together as well. So I'll continue to monitor that and see how all that shit takes out and see what pieces, what players they do uh, still have at the end of the day. Uh, and then the final question, or final soundbite that I want you to hear, uh, at least for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, is the question that I asked about the zone read, because he brought he mentioned it. He brought, mentioned that the 49ers were running zone read and Trey Lance was out there. And I going back to my statement about mobile quarterbacks and they got one coming to town, I said, well, I, I asked him, hey, I know, you know, it wasn't the starters that were out there, but... You know, it gave them a little bit of a look and an idea of what's going to happen when uh, uh, Lamar Jackson comes to town. He kind of laughed about it. Here's John Gruden uh, responding to my question about Lamar Jackson and, and the zone read. <laughs> we were talking about it on the sideline. You know, we were definitely talking about that on the sideline. We'll have our hands uh, full, certainly, with Lamar and the Ravens. And, um, again, we'll deal with that when we have to deal with it. But right now, uh, just, again, I'm very proud of our guys. They worked hard. You know, a lot of these guys put forth tremendous effort, and that's all you can ask for, and we're going to try to keep the best 53 guys. So there he is right there. You see he got a nice little laugh out of out of that as I asked him about, you know, Lamar Jackson and the zone read and all that good stuff. And uh, I'm sure he was on the sideline thinking, hey, we're going to see a lot of this uh, Monday, September 13th, going to see a ton of it, only with a much more dynamic athlete in Lamar Jackson who is just a video game uh, waiting to happen. You know what I mean? He's just that stinking dynamic. That's going to be a heck of a test for the Raiders right out the box, and they've got to figure things out. They've got to figure out that linebacking position. Uh, they really need to go out there and make a move, in my opinion. Uh, I still think K.J. Wright is the best option. Uh, I know that he might not be uh, available, but he, they, they need to go try to get him. Again, I think that that is a must. I think what you saw from that game on Sunday is is that there's a there's a need, there's a big time need. There's there's uh, linebackers out there that aren't 
uh, very familiar with playing. You know, there's a lot of guys who are young. Uh, there's guys that are converted from safety to linebacker. I mean, there's there's a lot of things to be concerned about from that linebacking core. And if, if any of the starters go down, any more of the starters go down, uh, it could be a wrap for that unit in a major way. So uh, we'll get to more of that conversation later, but definitely something to pay attention to. So that's all I got for you for uh, segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes recapping the game from Sunday, 34-10 loss to the 49ers. The Raiders end up the preseason 2-1. and one. It's over now. Now they have to wait until September 13th to get ready for the first game of the season, and that will happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. But there was a couple guys that stood out to me our three guys in particular stood out to me on Sunday in a positive way. I'm going to talk about those guys next. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And the first one is North One. North One is better banking for small business owners. Serving small business owners is all they do. North One allows you to manage your money from anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're at home or on the go. Everything you need to manage your business finances is at your fingertips. Never step in a bank branch again. In addition to the features you'd expect, like mobile check deposit, cash withdrawals, the ability to send and receive ACH and wire payments, North One is an FDIC-insured account that can save you both time and money. North One integrates with the accounting software you already use, saving you hours of manual bookkeeping. And with North One's envelope feature, you can automatically budget and save for things like rent, payroll, taxes, and a whole lot more. Again, with North One, you'll never pay overdraft or NSF fees again, saving you hundreds of dollars per month. You want to get started? Of course you do. Visit apply.northone.com slash locked. That's apply.northone.com slash locked. North One, business banking made for America. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag. Been telling you about them for a while, and it is that time. Preseason's over. College football's getting started this week, right? Saw some action over the weekend. Of course, the NFL's right around the corner. Betonline.ag is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open right now. BetOnline.ag. Head to the website using your mobile device or your laptop. Sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's right, 100% welcome bonus. You got to use the promo code Locked On. Don't forget that. 100% welcome bonus. Got to use the promo code Locked On. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, football, baseball, boxing, horse racing, UFC. It doesn't matter what it is. They got it. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Talk about three positives that I'm taking away from the Raiders, San Francisco 49ers preseason finale up in Santa Clara. Of course, was on site for that. It's been a lot of fun being able to cover the team up close and personal, and there wasn't a whole lot to like about that game. I mean, really, in general, it was just a preseason game. What was I really liked the most was the end. The fact that it ended and now, you know, preseason's over and it's time for the regular season. It's so funny, man. We we just are starving for football so much that, uh, you know, OTAs happen and we get excited. Then all of a sudden the preseason starts and we're like, yes, football's back. And then when it gets time to the last preseason game, you're just like, man, hurry up and get it over with so the regular season can get here. But uh, it is here. It is here. The regular season's two weeks away now. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, but there were three players for the Raiders that stood out to me that I thought were very positives. Uh, a lot 
lot of positives, as a matter of fact, for the Raiders, and they're all on the defensive side of things. So let's go ahead and, and get into this conversation. The first one uh, is a defensive back. I got to give him a lot of credit, Amik Robertson. Amik Robertson is a guy that uh, we have talked about for quite a while. You know, he didn't really hold, show a whole lot his rookie year with the Raiders last year. But uh, I feel like with the coaching uh, help of Ron Milas, the new secondary coach for, for the Raiders, and the fact that they have him playing outside more, that he's playing really well. And I thought that he had a good game on uh, Sunday for the time that he was in there. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, looked like he was very comfortable out there. And he still has the versatility. He can play the nickel he could play outside now he's a lot more comfortable outside than than he is uh, you know playing the nickel but he also can go up there and make tackles and he also was doing things on special teams so I thought Amik Robertson did really well and that's good because we've seen Nate Hobbs emerge Nate Hobbs wasn't even there in Santa Clara so that already lets you know about his job that he was definitely going to make the squad and I never thought that there was any question about that and really, I never thought that there was a question about Amik Robertson not making the squad either, uh, especially since it's only his second year. Uh, but I, I think that he really solidified it with a couple good games. Uh, so the last game, the game against the Rams, he did well in as well. And then I, I thought that he did fine on Sunday against the 49ers. So uh, I want you to hear a couple sound bites from Amik Robertson. How about the first one from John Gruden, if he thought Amik Robertson had a really good game on Sunday? I think so. I, you know, I think he, he really has stepped up. I give Ron Miles, our new secondary coach, a lot of credit you know we've seen a young player Hobbs step up we've seen Amik Robertson step up and um, it'll be interesting to look at the film and see which defensive backs are going to be with us this season but certainly he stepped up and had a good day today so there's John Gruden talking about Amik Robertson he stepped up and you hear him credit Ron Miles and I, I don't want to undersell that I want to continue to pound that home having Ron Miles there as a secondary coach having Richard Smith there as a linebacking coach that helps out in a major way that's going to help this Gus Bradley led defense I really do believe that you could just see the guys looking a lot more comfortable out there now the linebackers are another story just because there's so much youth out there but uh, you know and and, and they're guys that are moving from safety to, to linebacker, so they're also learning a new position. But in that secondary, man, these guys look very, very comfortable out there. So uh, Amik Robertson, he met with the media, and uh, he, he talked about being comfortable and being confident. And how confident uh, is he right now? A whole lot of confidence. You know, I had to really sit back and really know who I am, you know, f f figure out who I was. You know, I, I kind of – Fell away from that, you know, last year. I, you know, I, I kind of lost my confidence just a little bit, you know. But when you talking to guy, I mean, coaches like Gruden and Malo, they kind of build you back, back up. And that's what I, I feel like this year I had a fresh start, new coaching staff, and I wanted to set a different image on myself than I had last year. Uh, I feel like it was, you know, I took a kind of slow start, but I think I'm, I'm where I want to be now, you know. But I'm still getting better each and every day. So there's a Meek Robertson, and that tells you a lot. He said I lost some of my confidence, not all of it, but lost some of his confidence last year because he was trying to play that nickel role and that was something he wasn't very comfortable with but with the help of Ron Miles, he's getting more comfortable it's starting to click for him he's starting to figure things out so I asked him about coach Miles straight up like hey how much have you learned from coach Miles? a lot a lot man he's a coach that's hard on me he think I, I you know he he think I don't like it but I, I, I honestly love it you know I, I love that he's hard on me uh you know try to focus on the details and like I said before doing the little things and when you just do your job man and trust your coaches the plays will come you can't chase the plays they'll they'll come when you just when your numbers call just make those plays so there's a meek right there talking about coach Miles. and I'm telling you when I asked him that question 
his face lit up. When he said he learned a lot, he said a lot. And he had a big old smile on his face. He genuinely loves the coaching that Coach Miles. He said, you heard him. He said he's, he's hard on him, but he, he likes that. And that, I like that. I like when I hear a player saying that they like to be coached hard because great ones like to be coached hard. If you're coached hard and, and a coach goes after you like that and really challenges you, that's because they believe in you. So I, I thought that that was pretty awesome when Amik said that, that, uh, you know, that Coach Miles really gets on him and he, and he likes it, even though he thinks that, that he might not like it, but he does. And so that was Amik Robertson. I definitely think he's, uh, he not only made the team, but he's going to be a big-time contributor this year. I also want to stick with the secondary as far as players that stood out to me. How about Damon Arnett? You know, he's a guy that gets a lot of uh, negative talk. You know, there's a lot of questions around him. What's he going to do? Yes, he's running with the twos right now. Yeah, he had to make the trip to Santa Clara. He wasn't one of the 30 that was left behind. He had a lot to prove. You know, Coach Gruden has mentioned it before with him. Hey, you know, got to see him out there on the field. Got to see him out there on the grass. Want to see what he can do, you know, and, and he had a rough rookie year. But I'll tell you, from a few of the plays that I saw him make on on Sunday, I thought that he looked comfortable he looked a little bit better you know he looked like he's uh, trending in the right direction now of course uh, as a number 19 overall pick first rounder a year ago you don't want him trending in the right direction you want him to be a big time contributor but this is where we're at right now this is the conversation that we're having is where is Damon Arnett? There's people that think that Damon Arnett, you know, is not going to be able to cut it in in this scheme. They're not going to be able to cut it in the league. He's just not that guy. I, I think that Damon Arnett did pretty well on Sunday. I think that you're starting to see a little bit from him. And he had a good practice the other day uh, where he had an interception. I mean, there's, there's again, trending in the right direction for Damon Arnett. I don't want to get, you know, over the moon and say that he's arrived. But I do think he's, uh, he's starting to play better. He's starting to put it all together. So two DBs I've already talked about, and, well, I got to go to the defensive line, and I got to go with the old Wiley veteran, Gerald McCoy. He's new to the team, hasn't got any burn yet with the team and as far as a game, and he was out there in preseason game number three. And a lot of people in the press box, I know me, Vinny, uh, had uh, Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also uh, ESPN Las Vegas, the press box. He was sitting next to me as well. We all kind of looked at each other and said, oh, Hey, Gerald McCoy is playing. I think that uh, we tweeted all that out. Hey, Gerald McCoy is in the game, and he got some pretty good burn. He, I mean, he really did. And that was his first action, uh, his first gameplay in about 20 months. And uh, he actually pointed that out to us in the media session. Uh, he had read that uh, on Sunday morning, and so he didn't even realize he had been out of football that long. So here's Gerald McCoy if he was happy playing in preseason game number three. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I needed it. I needed it. I didn't realize. You got something? Yeah. I didn't realize, um, I read it this morning. I hadn't played a game in 20 months. Staying there two years. I didn't realize that, you know, I, I knew it had been a while. So um, I, need, I needed the reps. Cause I haven't, I haven't practiced really. I haven't really done anything. So I was like, if I'm going to be ready for the season, I got to play today. I don't care how many snaps it is or who's out there, I got to go. So there's Gerald McCoy on playing in preseason game number three. Yeah, he said he needed it, and and he did because he hadn't had any burn. He hadn't had any kind of burn, and he missed all of last year as well with the big quad injury that he had, uh, that uh, quad tear. That was pretty 
pretty bad injury, but he's back. He looks healthy, and he looks good on Sunday. He really did. He looked like he had a lot of get-off, uh, you know, that that just first step, first couple steps off the line of scrimmage. I mean, he was he was a guy, you know. He was a reason why uh, the Raiders picked up a sack, you know. I mean, he was in on that, and it just he looked the part. And I don't know how many snaps he's going to get every game. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get week one against the Ravens, but I just think, and I said it when they signed him, and, and I listened to his first press conference, this dude is going to help the team. I'm really excited about Gerald McCoy moving forward. Uh, I hope he stays healthy throughout the whole season just because I think that he's also going to not just be a coach on the field, but he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute in a major way. He's really going to help these guys all get better. If they can have a dude from that defensive tackle position, man, that, a real deal dude, that's that's exciting. It really is, and I think that Gerald McCoy can help bring that to the table. So uh, he's been excited about this defense. He's been excited about his his teammates, uh, and he talked about that in the in the media session. You know, who is he close with uh, on that defensive line and just on the defense in general? I love him. I love him. One of the best groups I've been around. Um, the thing about this group that I love the most is the is the competition. It's every they compete in everything, whether it's um, the get-offs and individual, you know, individual with Rod Marinelli is no joke. But guys are competing, like, let me see if I can be first in this. And guys are making sure that, you know, if somebody, if we say we're going to lift, even if it's an optional lift, if somebody don't come to the optional lift, we give them a hard time. Like, it's always competition. And all it is is pushing everybody to be great. And with this group, with the talent that they already have, when you have that type of drive, man, uh, the sky's the limit. So there's Gerald McCoy just talking about the defensive line group, you know, talking about the defense, talking about how there's so much competition, and he's genuinely uh, a fan of this team. You know, he enjoys being a part of this team and uh, thinks that they're going to do some really good things. So uh, I'm excited about what McCoy brings to the table. I do, and I said it many times, I think that he's going to help this team in a major way throughout the course of the season. So uh, that's all I got for you for segment number two. Those are the three guys that I wanted to talk about. Wanted to talk about Amik Robertson, wanted to talk about Damon Arnett, and also Gerald McCoy. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And the first one, how about DirecTV? How about this? Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend login for all the good stuff. Well, there's a more simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies, shows all in one place. No juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I also want to tell you about Built Bar. I've been talking about Built Bar for a very long time. Lots of flavors to choose from right now. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And make sure you check the website. I tell you all the time, early and often, to make sure that the limited time flavor offers that you get them because they'll be gone real quick, fast, and in a hurry. So you got to make sure you jump on it and jump on it quick. Uh, just the other day, they had raspberry cheesecake. I think that that may be available just for a little bit longer, but you're going to have to go check. 
BuiltBar.com. Check it out. Of course, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, so uh, you don't have any problem uh, eating it. You'll enjoy it. You'll love it. And then at the same time, you don't have to feel bad about, oh, man, I just I went and had a candy bar. It's not good for me. No, it's a protein bar. It is really good for you. So BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to save 15% off your order when you check out at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Let's go ahead and get into a call first from Raider Catman. I believe that's what he says his name is. He's calling in to talk about what he saw in Sunday's game and has a major concern as a takeaway. Here he is, Raider Catman. Two. This is Raider Catman. Um, I called the other day. Um, talk about um, size of linebackers, uh, not only the lack of depth, but I think the size is going to truly hurt us. And uh, I heard, I just finished watching the 49ers-Raiders game, and uh, Matt Millen mentioned it a couple of times at the second level, and he said, if the defensive line does really well and, you know, does their job, it's less of an impact on these linebackers, which he thinks personally as well that they're probably a little a little on the smaller side. And, um, you know, like they said, you know, once they get past those, uh, those linemen and they get to the second level, I don't know how well these, these guys are going to hold up because we kind of have a smaller uh, linebacking court. I think that's a major concern. Um, not too concerned about what they did because, you know, it was just, you know, death players, their stringers um, today. But um personally think that uh, – because of the depth issue we have and being down a couple of linebackers, I feel like the guys that are filling in, I feel like they're just a bunch of, you know, first-year players or a couple of first-year players and, and guys that haven't, I think, don't have the size. So I honestly think that uh, overall our secondary is good. You know, they upgraded at safety, still have a rookie. Um, Nate Hobbs is going to do good. I think we have a good secondary. I think our defensive line is going to hold up pretty well worried about that linebacking core. Uh, we're a little thin right now. I feel like we need to upgrade, uh, at least get one impact line, linebacker, man. Like, whether it's K.J. Wright or make a trade for someone else, and if it costs a first-round pick to get a linebacker, I honestly think that's going to be our Achilles heel this season. And I think it's something we need to talk about as Raider Nation, to worry about the linebacking core. Thanks, Q, for your time, man. And always go Raiders. There he is right there, Raider Catman. And, yeah, man, linebackers, that's a major concern. Uh, they don't have the depth. You know, they they just don't. And the safeties are turning into linebackers. You know, I mean, they drafted a couple safeties to be linebackers. So they're learning a new position. It's going to take a little bit of time. And that's why I've mentioned multiple times that they need to go out and make a move. They need to bring somebody in who's quality, somebody who knows exactly what they're doing. Uh, again, I keep saying K.J. Wright just makes all the sense in the world because he knows Gus Bradley's scheme. Uh, you've got to have that dude. You've got to have that real deal player at that linebacker position. And uh, once you get through this year and you start to develop those guys that you're talking about, the safeties that are moving into linebacker, that's fine. But at some point, you're going to have to invest. And I'm talking when I say you, I mean the Raiders. They're going to have to invest 
in a big-time linebacker. They're going to have to dip into the draft and get one and not wait till round four, round five to get them. They're going to have to get one early, an alpha dog guy, one of those that I've been talking about for a while, sideline to sideline, fast, just that that dude. They need to go out there at some point and address that position. Uh, thank you for that call, my man. I appreciate you. Next up is a text from Jacob in Fresno. It says, hey, Q, Jacob from Fresno here. If the last preseason game taught us anything, it's our linebacker depth needs to be addressed. Javen White improved by leaps and bounds, but while Muse looked good early in preseason, not so much in this game. And Diablo really looked lost out there. Getting KJ Wright should be a priority. Love the show. Go Raiders. That's a text from Jacob in Fresno, and uh, he just reiterated everything that Catman was talking about and I was talking about. Uh, yes, absolutely. Again, go get KJ Wright. You've got to get. I don't. Again, I don't care how much you have to pay him. Just pay him. Get him in and get him ready for the opener against the Baltimore Ravens. He's going to be needed, especially those first two games when they're going to be run, run, run. There's going to be a lot of running uh, happening. You're going to need that big time linebacker to hold it down. So thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up is a call from Raider Tone in the six six one. He's calling to talk about what he saw in the game, and he's calling at halftime. So here he is, Raider Tone from the six six one. Hey, what's up, Q? It's Raider Tone in the 661. Uh, calling with some quick thoughts about the, uh, my observation on the preseason game. It's, um, halftime right now. Uh, number one is seeing the play of Isaiah Johnson. I mean, just, just looking at it and, and, and seeing how Meek Roberts, Meek Roberts had a, had a good first half. He, he probably got four or five tackles already. He got about, I've seen about a break, uh, I want to say two breakups, but for sure one. Uh, he's fighting off blocks. And he, and, and the, and the best thing is he ain't committed no penalties. Isaiah Johnson been out of place twice. The only two times they threw to him is, is when it is him committing the PI. I'm guarantee you they gonna, they gonna, they gonna target him in the second half. If he, if he's still in, ah, I mean, just evaluating this and my, my point going forward, he don't have no special teams, uh, value. I, I, you know, it's, I don't think he's making it. I don't, I, I don't think he's making it. Uh, my second, my second observation is on a wide receiver course with John Brown. He just don't, I mean, if this is supposed to be our place for Nelson Aguilar, just, I just don't see it happening. It just, it don't look like it, man. I, you know, I, I don't think he's making a 53-man roster. So, and indication of that is he's he, he's playing in a preseason. No other starters really played. Um. So the next question after that is is who you see stepping up from the wide receiver? If John Brown ain't making it, um, who's stepping up? Who who's the undrafted free agent or or, you know, do you see a signing coming? Man, man, we, we, the, the receiver corps kind of looking, it's kind of looking weak after the starters. You know, it's, it's real suspect after the starters. All right, Raider Nation, just win, baby. There he goes, Raider Tone, the six six one, Isaiah Johnson. Yeah, that's not one of the guys that I talked about in segment two. Is a guy who stood out to me because if I was talking about Isaiah Johnson, it would have been just like Raider Tone. It would have been negative. Uh, I think he's good as gone. I really do. He just hasn't shown enough at all and he's not available very much I just I think he's good as gone I think that the Isaiah Johnson uh, plug is going to get pulled by Tuesday uh, and John Brown being a possible cut I'm with you on that uh, he hasn't shown me anything that's been uh, like oh man this is this is big time yeah he's going to be a big time player for the team I don't see it uh, I, I didn't see it when he signed uh, I, I thought that it was either going to be him or Willie Sneed not both I don't think both those guys make the team 
Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I would not be shocked at all if John Brown was was released. So we'll see. Uh, you know, and and you know, John Gruden did mention that you had to play some people. So just because some guys played in Sunday's game didn't mean that they were like on the roster bubble, but had to have some guys out there. They already left so many of them uh, back at home. Uh, as far as wide receivers that you could pay attention to, I'll, I'll throw out two names for you that uh, I'm, I'm interested in. And I don't know if these guys are going to be on the active roster, if they have an opportunity to get on the active roster, or if they're going to end up being practice squad guys. But I'll look at Dylan Stoner, uh, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. I saw him a lot in the Big 12. Uh, he, he could play. He looks like he's even gained a little bit of size as far as strength uh, since he left college. And uh, he, he's one to pay attention to. And he got some burn on Sunday. And then DJ Turner and the, the, the undrafted free agent out of Pitt. I think DJ Turner has an opportunity to make this squad as well. Uh, he's a guy that could do many things, including kick return, which I think is going to help him in a major way. Again, not saying that either one of those guys are going to make the 53, but they intrigue me. And I would not be shocked at all to see them on the practice squad. Next up, got a text from Raider Blind Rage. Says, hey Q, what up? Raider Blind Rage here. Hopefully all this madness about Nate Peterman starting over Mariota will stop now. He is who we thought he was, a third-string quarterback, average at that. I just don't understand why Gruden wouldn't want to give his second-string guy some playing time in his last game. One more observation, in my opinion. All the players should have traveled to this game, if anything, to support the rest of their team. Shout-out to Raider Nation. Peace out. That's from Raider Blind Rage. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. You say madness. I don't think it's madness. I I think it's madness that Mariota is not healthy. I think it's madness that he hasn't had a chance to get out there and get some burn, and Gruden wants to play him. Matter of fact, uh, John Gruden mentioned Mariota. He was asked about Mariota in the in the postgame uh, media session and getting him some burn, and, and he's just not healthy. Here, here's John Gruden talking about if he would like to play Mariota. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. I would, I would like to. But uh, he wasn't cleared uh, to go. He was available on an emergency basis only. We think he is getting better, and hopefully with the next 10 days to two weeks, he'll be – ready to roll against the Ravens. So there you hear John Gruden talking about Marcus Mariota and the fact that he would have loved to play him. He just wasn't ready, in his words, ready to roll. He wasn't ready to go. I mean, he's just not. He hasn't been available. Uh, And he hasn't been available a lot of the time that he's been with the Silver and Black so far. And that's unfortunate because I think he brings a different dynamic to the table. Would love to see him, you know, get in there and get some packages. But if he's not able to do what he does and and be as healthy as he needs to be, then he's not going to be that good. So you're 100% right. Nate Peterman is not a better number two quarterback than Marcus Mariota. Mariota, but what Nate Peterman is right now is available, and Marcus Mariota is not available. So, I mean, it's something to consider. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. And I, I can see that John Gruden's trying not to get frustrated, but it feels like he's getting frustrated. You know what I mean? But he's not really trying to show that he's frustrated, and I think he still believes in, in Marcus, and he's, he's just hoping and praying that he hurries up and gets healthy so he can put a package in for him if, in fact, that's what he's going to do, and I do think he's going to do that. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Just got a couple more for today's show. Got a call from Paul J., Raider fan in Tampa Bay. He's calling to talk about Gruden not playing any of the starters in the game. Here he is, Paul J., the Raider fan from Tampa Bay. Hey, it's uh, Paul J. Raider fan in Tampa Bay. I'm watching this preseason game, and I just wish you could explain to me why we don't have any starters playing. I don't, I don't understand. Like, what is the what is the purpose? I don't see. I mean, I guess keeping them healthy is great, but w- what's going on? I hope this isn't a foreshadowing of how our season is going to be, but. Hey, 
What do you know? Let me know. Paul J., thanks for the call, my man. I do appreciate that. And, yeah, going back to segment number one where Gruden said, hey, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And that's that's kind of how I feel about the situation. I would have loved to have seen the starters get out there and get some burn so they could all be on the same page, or at least you feel like they're closer to being on the same page when the season starts. But, I mean, he's right, you know, he, and he mentioned it. If, if a guy gets injured, a big-time player gets injured, like J.K. Dobbins got injured for the Ravens and tore his ACL and, and possibly more, I mean, then you're having a different conversation. Why is this player even in there you know I mean and that's and we all know that that would be the conversation there's not one of us that would be saying why did you have Josh Jacobs out there why did you have a Darren Waller out there why would you put this person out there in a preseason game that doesn't mean anything we all I know I'd be saying it so I mean it, it is it's that it's that damned if you do damned if you don't because yeah in theory it'd have been great to see the starters out there but it also is going to be great to see as many guys as possible be healthy week one going up against the Baltimore Ravens. So that's just the theory that John Gruden took, the approach he took. Every team did not do the same thing. Some teams did. So, I mean, it's just we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see what the season looks like. And if it ended up being a good decision, I don't think at the end of the day, if they don't have the season that they were expecting it, it wasn't because the starters didn't play in, in week three or preseason game number three. You know what I mean? Like, that's the best way to put it into perspective. If they go – you know, like 10 and 7 and don't make the playoffs, nobody's going to say, well, you know, the starters weren't playing in that preseason game number three, so that's, that's the reason why they didn't win a couple more games and make it to the playoffs. That, that will not be part of the conversation at all. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you, and please don't let that be your last call, my man. I, I, I like to hear from you. And final text for the show comes from Raider Rob from Riverside. He said, Q, this is Raider Rob from Riverside. I don't want to bombard you with text, so I'll leave one or more observation. Divine Diablo looks out of place. I know this is his first NFL game action, but he has to work on a few things before he can get some playing time this year. Sweet, quick, short, Raider Rob from Riverside right there. And, yeah, uh, that's what it is, man. Divine Diablo is thrown into the fire on Sunday against the 49ers, and uh, especially that zone read, man, it kind of ate him up. You know, and that's why you take that chance when you have a young guy playing that role. And then, oh, by the way, you have a young guy that was a safety playing that role. So at some point, he might end up being a really good one. He might play that role really well, but right now it's a huge learning curve, and unfortunately that was his first game action, like you mentioned, wasn't available for the Seattle game and the Rams game, or he did get a little bit of burn in the Rams game, right? Uh, either way, uh, it's not very much, you know what I mean? And so he just he just hasn't had that much that much time out on the grass, and that's the only way he's going to get better. So it's, it's going to be one of those things. You hope that he doesn't have to get forced into action out there because of injuries to some starters. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you, my man. That's going to do it for today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have more calls and texts throughout that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. We'll start talking about some guys that could be potentially cut. Maybe there'll already be some roster moves made sometime today. Who knows? But uh, there's not a whole lot of media availability for the Raiders this week. I think there's only two days that they're going to have availability. So uh, we're ramping up. It's a, it's a different time of year now. Uh, the preseason's over, and it's time to transition into the regular season. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go hard in the paint, as we do on the daily here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Want to shout out to my cousin, uh, Jesse. I ran into him at the game. If you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, uh, you saw me tweet out a picture. Uh, my cousin, man, he's a great dude. Love that dude to death. Uh, yeah, he's a 49er fan, but it's all good, man. It was uh, I titled it Family First, or Family Over Everything, uh, on that, that tweet. It was great to see him and his mom. They were up from Sacramento, and so I uh, got to hang out with them for a couple minutes as well uh, before the, the game started on Sunday. So shout out to them. 
Uh, love them to death. And uh, appreciate everyone. Appreciate the support of the show. We're just blowing up like we always do, and it's because of you. So thank you, Raider Nation, for all the support here on the show. So until then, until tomorrow, uh, be safe, take care of your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.